Welcome to the Horns Up Half Hour, Cedar Hill ISD's podcast about scholars, staff, and community. Our guests will be individuals from the district and the community. This podcast is for anyone interested in expanding their knowledge of all things CHISD. Good afternoon. This is Michael Sudhalter, host of the Horns Up Half Hour podcast, and this is the March post-board meeting podcast. We have Board President Robert Riggs and Board Vice President Gail Sims. How are y'all today? Doing good. Great. Doing real great. well. Well, um, the first topic we're going to talk about is the uh, teacher incentive allotment. We had 18 teachers qualify. This was a project from the state of Texas that they started to kind of um, reward teachers for uh, good performances. So talk about that. Yes. It, um, I mean, first of all, let me say congratulations to all of them uh, with Senate Bill 3. Uh, which established the teacher incentive allotment, uh, the whole purpose was, as you said, to recognize exemplary teachers. Um, one of the things that uh, we did is we filed uh, an application, I guess you'd call it, uh, that showed all of what we were looking at as far as our incentive, our performance and validity standards, and it was accepted. And which brought it in, it has three classifications, master, exemplary, uh, and uh, recognized. And we had a number of teachers. What it does is help, it gives us uh, some additional funds to be able to boost their salaries. The whole purpose is to attract and retain uh, good, effective, quality teachers within our district. Yeah, this program really is something, it, it's a multi-step process that required uh, filling out applications, getting all the information in. Not all districts have done it, and so I'm pleased that our administrative team was able to execute and get it out there as quick as they did. Mm-hmm. And then to have 18 of our teachers throughout the district uh, qualify, that's fantastic. It really is fantastic. And for this, uh, these are uh, tax dollars that are paid to the state, but they are not from uh, Cedar Hill taxpayers. So um, this is uh, general funds that come from the state and uh, really is a, a great opportunity for us to incentivize more teachers to stay. Uh, our prayer is that we'll have more and more teachers qualify uh, as we go through this and and maybe next year we'll be over into the 20s and maybe up into the 30s. That would be our desire. One good thing about this is if we hire a teacher from another district who has received the teacher incentive allotment, it follows them. So if they, they're not going to lose it if they leave their district and come here to see your kid. Okay, great, great. So then um, you guys finalized the 2023-2024 um, academic calendar um, at the meeting. It is, and, and I appreciate all of those families, all the staff, those that gave input. Uh, for uh, several weeks, we have been soliciting feedback on a couple different options that we're looking at. And uh, on uh, Monday's meeting, we finalized the selection based on that feedback. And um, it's it's always interesting to watch how these evolve. I, I know teachers and families want to push the start of school back and speed up the end of school and um, but we still need to have the amount of academic hours and minutes in the day 
and uh, to go through this. So it, there are a lot of compromises that are made, but I think in the end we have a very good calendar and we're, we're pleased with that. Exactly. Um, when you look at it, uh, just some dates, uh, school will be starting on August 17th, August 14th, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. August 14th will be the first day of school. Uh, it lists the Thanksgiving, the winter, and the spring break. And the last day of school is scheduled for May 23rd. So uh, that is what our 23-24 calendar is looking like. Okay, great. And then I know with the bond um, coming up, the last day to register to vote is April 6th, which is two weeks from today. And then, of course, May 6th is the actual um, vote. you got early voting before that. So just anything you'd like to share about the bond. Yeah, I, I know we're, we're all very excited about the possibility of going back to the voters. Um, we, as you know, or may not have known, we went for a bond, and we also went for a Vader back in November, and the voters of Cedar Hill, that, that did not pass. And so uh, we went through a lot of um, feedback and informational series to try and follow up after that election to learn more about uh, what the public wanted and what the options were that the, they didn't like. And uh, I'm, I'm real pleased with the um, slate of projects that we've uh, got before the voters this May. So the overall objective is instead of four different ballot proposals, there'll be just one. Um, the other change that'll be on the ballot is that normally in a November ballot, it's a very long ballot. So for uh, school bonds, are at the very end of the ballot, the very bottom of the ballot, and fortunately this time the ballot won't be so long, so you won't have to look so hard and far to, to get to it. The other is um, the, the cost, just the six-month delay from November to May. Um, the costs are going to escalate up $30 million in construction costs. And so um, the Facilities Committee, along with administration and um, the, the rest of the the team that was evaluating the bond, including the Longhorn Futures Committee and others, um, looked closely at the projects. We scaled back uh, on the number of things we're doing. We're no longer um, building a brand new elementary school. We've decided to make High Point the new fine arts location. And so um, those changes uh, cut out a lot of those added expenses. So the new bond total is going to be $208 million. Um, and if, if there will be safety and security items, there'll be uh, new playgrounds at all the elementary schools. There'll be a fine arts path that will go from High Point Elementary uh, up through Bessie Coleman and then into the high school. So um, students from all over will be impacted. There also is going to be um, new programs with the, um, the medical uh, side being uh, focused on, and so that kind of being a a pathway into the high school as well, which is a partnership with some of the medical companies that are coming to the area and already here. So really it provides Cedar Hill ISD a way to provide some large district amenities in a small district setting. Uh, and so I, I would just encourage anyone who has questions or concerns or anything that we're having a number of meetings uh, in fact March 28th we will be having a virtual meeting six o'clock 
uh, log on to the Facebook page or, uh, yeah, forgot the other place, but uh, you can log on uh, and here there'll be in-person meetings as well. Just uh, if you have questions about when they are, please be sure and uh, look on chisd.net and you will be able to find um, when the next meetings are. Okay, and then I know you spoke about Bray, and there's going to be a rezoning there to, uh, I believe, High Point and Lake Ridge. Mm -hmm. that, that is correct. Mm -hmm. Actually, we uh, used uh, the Zonda. It is a demographic uh, company that helped to re, uh, redo our zones, our, our different zones, um, to so we could see where everybody was. And so High Point has been designated not only the fine arts uh, program, but also the home school for all of those students who went to Bray. Uh, Bray parents, they'll have a lot of uh, choices to make. Uh, one thing, all of the students from Bray will be included in the uh, um, fine arts program. They, they won't have to apply. They will be included in that fine arts program. They will need to, their, an email went out, um, I think Tuesday, uh, explaining everything. And one thing I want to make sure that uh, parents uh, understand, there, there is a place there in case you have questions or concerns where you can contact someone in the district to get your questions answered. Uh, but there are a lot of opportunities, a lot of uh, decisions that uh, those parents really need to make. It is true. We Certainly this is a, a sad time for us to, to close down an elementary school is a difficult decision. Uh, Bray Elementary is one of the, it is the oldest school that we had in uh, the district and just the cost to maintain, the cost to upgrade, um, the level of security that we want for our students that in a site just became such that that building could no longer be maintained. And uh, for those parents that have been taking their kids to Bray, I know they've, they've known that for a while and uh, we appreciate their patience. Also wanna thank the parents just for their tone and their understanding, the recognition that the district needs to do the best it can with the funds available to be good stewards, and um, we feel this is the really best option. So uh, High Point has plenty of room uh, to be able to accommodate all the scholars from Bray. However, those parents that would prefer, uh, whether Lake Ridge is closer because of their location or any of the other elementary schools, they have the opportunity to transfer into those. Uh, they also, through each of the different um, um, choose your seat campaign locations or the specializations that the different schools offer. Any that have room, they certainly are able to, to request to be moved into one of those. So um, we just appreciate it again, the, the administration working through the options, making sure the parents uh, have time to make the decision. Um, for those that are employees, we're, we're moving around and moving those employees to other locations that um, we certainly, with the openings we have in the district, we're, we're eager to apply and put people to work. Um, so there's there's not a uh, an issue there either. 
Okay, great. And then um, I know you had a spotlight from uh, both Highlands Elementary with uh, Miss Griffin and uh, Plumber Elementary with Dr. Mackey. So tell me about those. Those principals, um, just hearing what they are doing, uh, the different uh, things that they are putting in place to try and get out ahead of it, uh, the many testing that they're doing uh, to get students ready uh, to take tests. They are working very diligently uh, to try and bring those scores up and make sure we are uh, meeting our student outcome goals. Yeah, they, in 2019, uh, the board committed to a Lone Star governance mindset and really focused on academic performance. And so each meeting that we get together, we focus on how schools are doing. We have 13 campuses uh, to focus on this year, and we're looking carefully at how are they performing. So it really is part of probably the highlight for me personally, where we meet as a board and we discuss academic performance. We, it's not, we're not focused on anything other than how are our students achieving, what do we need to do in order to provide those principles and the administration, the tools and resources they need. And um, that this was a time. And, and at times we're going to have schools that are doing very well and other stuff, schools that are, that are struggling. And uh, it, similar to what we saw in this week, um, we know where our uh, issues are. We're addressing those. Um, but it is a matter of, of work on everyone's side. And so uh, we're continuing to, to set the bar of expectations high. We're holding people accountable to those expectations. And uh, really, we're not lowering those. So that's where we're headed. And that's the resources we're going to require to get there. And we're committed as a board to continue this focus, this effort. So everybody in the administration is aware of it. Um, sometimes when the number's not good, they know they have to perform or present in a, in a hard room and answer tough questions. And that's, that's really why we're here. And one of the things is when they present to us and we give those, get those tough questions out there, is to really get them focused on those student outcome goals, what we are looking at, what we are we are being held uh, accountable yep. to student performance. And so that those are those questions we're asking. Okay, great. And then you also heard um, presentations from uh, communications as well as family and community engagement. Yeah, our communications team is uh, is. Um, we, it is a hardworking group, uh, and Michael, you being a part of that, and, and others being a part of that, it's great to see it. Um, led by Tierney Tennant, and um, she has done fantastic work. And I know we've won some awards from the Bond and Vader uh, campaigns that were held uh, in November. And even though those did not win, there was a lot of recognition that came from outside the district on the level of of the communications that were done. So um, hardworking team. Uh, there are other groups that um, are ramp or report up through the tyranny, um, or Ms. Tennant, I should say. And um, that group is a, it's a small group, but it covers a lot of ground. And it's, uh, it was great to see the reports. Um, 
we do receive a lot of positive press, uh, and you might be familiar with some of the articles and some of the, um, I'm going to say, video clips that we send into the media that they will in turn run as stories of their own, and uh, those pieces bring a lot of notoriety and a lot of visibility to the district for the positive. And we do have a lot of students and a lot of families um, doing great things. So it's wonderful to uh, focus the attention on the positives and uh, see what all is going in the district. Mm -hmm. One thing that Ms. Tennant did during her presentation was she looked at, after we the November election, she looked and she went into the community and really put together what what do we need to do? What do we need to do different? And in doing that is what has really brought about how, how she is going to, uh, how the district is presenting the bond uh, this time uh, after getting feedback from the community. So uh, be looking for a lot of things coming from our communications department. They're doing a fantastic, you guys, I'm sorry, you're a part of it, Michael. You guys are doing a fantastic <laughs> job. Yep. Well, well, thank you, and I'll, yeah, I'll be sure to share that with the team. So um, the final thing is on uh, April 1st, um, Saturday, April 1st, we have the uh, pre-K roundup at the uh, various um, campuses, the six elementary campuses. So um, anything you want to share about that? It's from 9 in the morning to noon, uh, and... During that time, you can tour any of our uh, elementary campuses uh, to see what the pre-K program is about and get information from it as well. Um, it, they are, they will all be there. They will all be looking for your little babies uh, and bringing them in. Yeah, last, last year I went and uh, enjoyed, I think I went to Lake Ridge Elementary and Plummer. And I worked on my collars, and I got to work with all the elementary teachers. And uh, just in one of them, they had shaving cream on a table, and uh, they were drawing for the kids. There was there was lots of activities to make sure you just realized that all of those things that you learned in kindergarten and first grade, and your letters and your numbers and addition, and just basic things to watch these kids, even in a 10-minute, 15-minute interaction with the teacher to see how they're going to be taken care of and challenged. You get a sense of just how incredibly talented our teachers are. Um, it's great to go. And as a parent, if you're, if you're exploring, thinking about public education, or, or maybe you've already decided not to, take, it, take a few minutes. Take your children. Go <clears throat> look at the space. Uh, interact with some of the resources that are there. I think you'll find that it is something that um, will challenge them, will really grow them as a young scholar. Okay. Well, thank you both so much, and I uh, look forward to speaking with you in April. All right. All right. Bye, Thanks. Michael. Bye, Robert. Bye-bye. Bye, Yeah. Bye-bye.